Welcome to the Recruitment Leadership Podcast, hosted by Alison Humphreys. The Recruitment Leadership Podcast is here to help those in the recruitment industry gain awareness and understanding on the hot topics faced by those in the business of hiring people. In each episode, Alison Humphreys is joined by a fellow expert to offer professional knowledge, insight and advice on the biggest subjects affecting recruitment businesses. It's the podcast to listen to for recruitment business frontrunners seeking expert information from industry-leading advisors. Welcome to the Recruitment Leadership Podcast. Welcome to the Recruitment Leadership Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Brian Johnson, who is the Managing Director of Forward Role Recruitment. Uh, welcome, Brian. Hello. Forward Role specialises in marketing and digital staff and, and, and contract. And Brian's kindly agreed to share with us today what his experiences of running a business through lockdown have been and what his experiences of successful adaptation have been. I think for the benefit of our listeners, Brian, if you would start for us by explaining how your sector, the sector you service, has been affected by lockdown and what the knock-on effects of that has been on your business. We traditionally came out of marketing expanded through digital analytics, creative, created a, a tech desk a few years ago now, which has been our fastest growing area. I think like the last recession, marketing tends to get hit very hard, very quickly. Things like events, most of the agency world had a hard stop and that we definitely saw that with the traditional markets. Digital had a, a brief hiccup and then carried on and ticked over where we continued to push on and grow was the tech markets that we were looking after and also generally right across the the interim space the contract side of things and most of those sectors have bounced back the event side of things some of the retail market has has been impacted hard Uh, leisure travel obviously but most of the markets that we're working with have have generally bounced back and we're not quite back up to 100% levels, but probably between 80 and 90% of what we were pre-COVID, mm. right across all of our markets. Okay, which is really positive. And um, not being in the area of key workers, that's a great success story, isn't it? I mean, there are lots of agencies who've applied, for example, into healthcare where demand has gone sky high. Yeah. But this is through customer loyalty and effective working practices rather than because demands shut up. Yeah, I think we had traditionally we've had really strong relationships with most of our clients and where some of our clients suffered and continue to suffer because of the lockdown. We've got other clients who've who've benefited from this and have pushed on and, and we have strong enough relationships that we've actually done much more work with those guys mm. than, than probably before. The biggest difference for us really going through all of this was that before, from an activity point of view, we knew what our conversion rates were, we knew how many roles that we would fill for how many roles came into the business. And what we saw during the lockdown is those roles were much better qualified. We knew that the roles were live, existed, were definitely um, wanted by the, the companies and therefore our conversion rates were much, much better. For a couple of months, they were almost at 100%. All, wow. the, all the new roles that came in, we filled because we knew the clients were 
keen to get those people in as soon as possible. Right. So okay. we definitely saw a big swing there as well. Would you say that was a question of getting a better brief than we might have done in busier times or more to do with screening out those clients who weren't really committed to hiring? Uh, I think it was the, fir- the, the first bit. The, the roles were much more detailed. We really had a good understanding of what was needed. Um, there were candidates. For a short period of time, there were a few more candidates on the market, which mm-hmm. we, we obviously knew from our networks, and therefore we were able to match quite quickly those roles and get people in. And again, one of the other things we saw is immediate placements, even our permanent recruitment consultants, we're working on permanent roles, but they had immediately available candidates who were ready to go. Mm. Even at the exec level, myself and Steve working in the exec space, both placed positions during the last six months with immediately available candidates. Wow. Okay, that's great. Now, you mentioned the really important contribution that your interim offering had made. Yeah. What proportion of your business was coming, let's say in net fee income terms, roughly, uh, was coming from interim pre-lockdown, and has that shifted at all? Yeah, so we were 80-20 by the end of March, and historically growing slowly on the contract side. We're now 70-30. At one stage during the April-May, the the hardest part of the the whole period, we were almost 50-50, but Mm -hmm. perm has bounced back. Contract is it's double what it was at the beginning of the year and probably 40% up since the end of March and with the same people. So it's not like we've hired heavily into that area. Well, we have now, but we didn't during the period. Right, so a like for like then. That's really impressive. Now, before any of us had ever heard of COVID, I know, because I was somewhat involved in it, that you guys actually had a crisis plan for our listeners, can you just explain why you did that when you did it? And was it of any practical use when COVID um, came along? Yeah, I mean, a mixture of A, having you as our NED and always talking about <laughs> preparing for the bad times. Uh, and also myself having been through the last recession and, and, and also thinking, we came into this year thinking that there may be a recession looming. Mm. And I know it sound, it's great to look at it in hindsight. A lot of our competitors hired heavily in January and Feb this year and we didn't we hired a, a couple of key people and we had gone through an exercise through Q1 of really looking at all of our costs we had the benefit our financial years is is the calendar year and we realized we looked at all the ratios and realized we were spending quite a bit on our marketing quite a bit on the support side of things and so we just had a really good idea of where we were and it was working so when all of this happened we were able to to instigate the plan quite quickly and almost the week where lockdown was announced before the furlough announcement was made on the Friday, those five days, we pretty much went through phase one, which was looking very heavily at all of our different costs, uh, having a look at what worst case scenario would be and also having a plan with how long we could sustain this. This is pre-furlough announcement and how what we would need to do to come out of it and it was a really worst case scenario and some of the decisions we made on on that monday were tough we obviously i said we hired a couple of people fortunately we had to let those guys go maybe a couple of guys who we thought didn't have the business development skills to come out of a really tough recession Mm. as it was the furlough was announced so we, we brought those four guys back in just on the furlough 
thing, which is I know perfectly legitimate. Yeah, yeah, which we thought well, it was it was good for those guys. And there was the possibility if we really bounced out. As it was, we kept those guys stayed on furlough until they all found jobs, which is great. And then we made the decision to to furlough the markets that had automatically been hit. April was our worst month from boarded revenue, and we knew which markets got hit. So, like I said, traditional markets around marketing, B two B, and some of the the agency world, and the rest of it, we kind of just waited to see and we played it with an absolute straight bat if the activity level levels were there and there were still roles to work on we didn't put those people into furlough so mm -hmm. 37 people in the business lost four 33 left we kept 19 all the way through the process so right. we furloughed we didn't at one point we were going to furlough the vast majority of the business but we didn't so the whole of the tech team remained working all the way through the contract team somebody in marketing somebody in agency somebody in digital the exec team in its entirety and yeah we kept those numbers all the way through and i i know you did a really excellent job at implementing things responsibly and quickly because with a, with some sort of plan the decisions have already been made haven't they um and it's not a confused or panicky it was a hard week not yeah. before we knew that furlough was going to be a thing and you know what it might look like as a business but we had the plan we just enacted that the all of our suppliers and everybody who supported us things like uh, job boards rent all of those sort of things we had the conversations really early the furlough decision just allowed us not to cut harder mm -hmm. and allowed us to think well actually okay what if we if we know what the worst case scenario is and we were fortunate that we had a, a contract book which which was healthy which gave us some comfort that actually that would help us. You know, we, we just thought, okay, we can do all of this. We can cut right down tight for six months and come out of it still with the core of the team. What it actually meant is we then had conversations and the, the, the communications we had with the team all the way through was, look, we want to come out with this team. This is the team we want to come out with. Let's, everything is geared around that. And every decision we made we, was made financially. We knew what numbers we needed to hit. Month by month, we've got an amazing FD as well who who kind of talked us through it daily to begin with, and then every Friday, and still now every Friday we go through the actual numbers, what the outturn looks like, and and it's really helped us. Yeah, so you're you're very much on top of that in real time, aren't you? You mentioned there about furloughing people only if there were no jobs to work. Mm -hmm. When you've got part of your workforce furloughed, were there any Man management issues that threw up, or did everyone just understand? Being really honest, I, it didn't. The guys who were furloughed understood it, and the government stepping in helped that. We maintained company-wide Zoom meetings that wasn't really work-related three times a week, so at least we, we all got to see each other, and we were talking to each other, and they were still involved with the business as, you know, from a cultural point of view. We played it with straight back. The guys who were furloughed looked after themselves and the guys that were working worked really, really hard. And what it meant for the guys who were working, even if their market had shrunk, they were picking up other work from other guys as well. And they were able to say, okay, your market, for example, e-commerce has picked up. I've picked up a few jobs for you. We had criteria internally, three life, not exclusive, but proper roles um, would bring somebody out furlough. And that's right. what we did all the way through July, August, the last people came out of the furlough at the beginning of September and it was all activity-based numbers. Everybody can see it. It was really clear and fair. 
Right. So it was transparent and everybody knew the reasons those decisions were made. Good. One of the things that some other business owners have done is actually shift their proposition to reflect in changing market conditions. So they've offered new or different services or offered them to new or different audiences. Have you done anything like that at all? Not really. The guys who worked all the way through were incredibly busy all the way through. Mm-hmm. And it would have meant bringing people out of furloughing to try different things and, and new things. And what we were doing was working. We were ahead of the targets we needed to be, and that was our focus. The one thing we have, what's become crystal clear, is our tech and contract offering across all of our markets was so important to us. So what we've done is, as we brought people out of furlough and as the market's picked up, we've hired already four people into those two teams. We've got a couple more pending. And so we lost 10, we've gained six already. We're not taking advantage of the market. What we're taking advantage of is the, the, the shift of balance internally. We've got a really good idea of where the marketing space is across the market, mm-hmm. where digital is at. There's just much more scope, I think, for us to go at the tech world and all the different nuances there and also contract right across the business. We had a couple of people doing it before and now we've got a team. Right. Okay. And, and in terms of those people that you've brought on since lockdown to new starters that's a challenge that a lot of our listeners are going to be facing Mm. about onboarding people remotely what how have you worked your way around that well our usp i i feel other than the general brand the full role was before this we with quite a mature approach to how we manage the business we have stats we look at the activity levels but there was a lot of flexibility in how we worked as a team. So the guys had home working, they had flexible working, and everybody took advantage of that and has you know, got quite a, a mature workforce. So when lockdown happened, it was, wasn't a shock for most people, just had more time at home. And everybody was ready to go and prepared for that. And everybody already had the right IT set up. It wasn't unusual. And so what that's meant is actually coming out of it now, the people we've hired are experienced recruiters. We don't have any like grad rookies or anything there's a couple more who are slightly less experienced but they've got strong managers and at the minute the office is open three days a week but it's still voluntary mm-hmm. and the only requirement we've got is the new starters are in with their managers at the minute a couple of times a week but that's it so i think we've shown we're fully capable of doing our job and doing it better than we've ever, ever done it before working from home a culture is right. strong enough the communications the messaging right across the business is strong enough that everybody who has done this and has worked through it, they're, they're all way beyond the targets that we'd already set uh-huh. and have reacted well to the market. So, yeah, I've no complaints. I think we will continue to, to offer this flexibility. I think there will come a time when we need to hire more junior people where they'll need to be in the office more. But I think we've, we've found a balance. Right. That's phenomenal that they've actually uh, done better than before, yeah. which is really <laughs> fantastic. I don't know if we were doing something wrong before. <laughs> <laughs> so... The, the people who are already in your team yeah. have that ability to sort of self-manage, self-organise, etc. Even even experienced recruiters coming from another organisation come with a different set of exactly, how should, yeah. the unwritten, don't they? Yeah. The unwritten values, cultural uh, expectations, all of those things. So, have you done anything to to communicate those over and above what you would have done had you been in the office? We've we've still done that. 
I mean, my role, I feel, is with hiring people is to make sure that, particularly with experienced hires, that they come in and they become a forward roller. They, they, they understand the way we do things here and use our language mm-hmm. and approach the market in the same way and have, us, have our values. And that sits with me. And so the two sessions a week that I would do with new starters at any level anyway, I'm still doing that with them now. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the level of experience, even senior people have joined a senior consultants director level and I still go through the same thing because it's the same message that we've delivered myself and Steve for the last seven years and we'll mm-hmm. continue to do it I, I think if you're setting a standard where it's all around quality and the very very best approach then there is no gray area and it's really easy to communicate that and actually people coming in it's, it's great to be able to tell them that actually this is an opportunity to just do recruitment absolutely the right way it's a much longer term approach. It's about relationships. And I think it's always really welcome from consultants who we've hired who've come from other businesses where maybe they've not had that message. Right. Okay. So on our on our last podcast, one of the things that my guest there said, which is people you know actually, Elaine and Dean, said that one of the plus sides of lockdown is it given them the opportunity to really get under the bonnet and look at, at a you know sort of micro level at what their people were doing, literally how the conversations were going when they were closing a deal, taking on a new client, those, those kind of things. And that had been a very positive experience for them as managing directors. Yeah. The the role of managing director, though, has shifted during lockdown, hasn't it? The, yeah. What you've had to emphasise, the dare I say it, reserves that you've had to draw on have probably been different. And... Keeping people engaged, I would say, particularly in deepest lockdown, is probably one of the biggest challenges that people I talk to experience. Yeah. Can you give us any examples of what you did here in Forward Roll? So uh, we did the usual Zoom quizzes until we were coming out of our ears, and they were great. They were absolutely brilliant. When you've got 30 people on Zoom Friday afternoon where everybody's got drinks and there's kids involved and everything going around. It was brilliant fun and actually it was great to see that. And in the like we said, the deepest lockdown when we were doing that three times a week, we did some training stuff. We just had general catch-ups. It was good for the business. We didn't lose our our identity. And I know that the guys were speaking to each other a lot. I think my role during that was much more around the pastoral side of things because you've got the You've got the consultants who are living in Manchester City Centre in a box, mm. no balcony, some of them living on their own, some of them all living in a house with a lot of other people and trying to work or on furlough. And you've got some of the guys who've got families who live in suburbs in the middle of nowhere, and, like me, stuck with my in-laws for 15 weeks. Um, <laughs> for which a medal. <laughs> I'm sure they're very nice people. Um, but the pastoral, everybody suffered with different things at different times when you've got 30 people. For me, that meant, you know, every day there was a couple of people having a wobble. Mm-hmm. Everybody had a wobble at some stage, myself included, and you have to rely on each other. So we were very good mechanically at looking at the numbers and the activity levels and the conversion rates. And the finance was was literally down to the pounds and pence every single day and with our FD on a, on a Friday. And that gave us the confidence that we were doing the right things. And we were always preparing for the worst. But actually... Most of my job was talking to as many people as I could, you know, everybody at least once a week mm-hmm. and the managers more than that and the guys who were working more than that and because they were doing the same thing themselves. So 
unlike Wayne and Ian, I don't, we didn't look too much. The guys were delivering. Then there, was, there wasn't anybody who was work, who worked all the way through mm. who had a sticky patch or, or didn't bill. Their conversion levels were good. The pipelines were good. And I kind of trust them to do that. And they were delivering. And I never really, I didn't question their approach before. There was always mm. little touch points where we, and you know this, and you helped me with the managers and getting into the detail of what they do. They're good at what they do. It was much more the pastoral side, really. Behind the scenes was, yeah. yeah, like I said, running a business, but the day-to-day stuff, the communications. I was on the phone all day, every day to somebody in the business. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say that most business owners now know more about the personal lives of all their staff than they've probably ever known before. Because you have to, don't you? There is no one-size-fits-all in circumstances like this. Yeah, we've just done a really interesting exercise where I put out a, a kind of mini questionnaire to the whole business saying, look, how did we do? I mean, it's not something that, you know, we couldn't have planned for it specifically mm-hmm. and hopefully we're not going to have to do it again. So really it's an exercise just to say, look, how were, how were all the different elements? And of the sort of six different areas, things like pastoral care, the pay package bonuses and all the things that we talked about, we, we changed quite a bit around that, we lowered thresholds, still dangled bonuses in front of the guys. And some of the other stuff around culture and stuff, that was all great. And the questions and marks that came back was the cons. You know, we went, we changed it from three times a week to one time a week and then more team meetings as more and more people came back. And there were some questions about maybe could have done it earlier or later. Mm-hmm. But generally, you know, I think we lost a couple of people at the very end when we came out that we didn't want to lose, right. which was a really interesting thing for us because we came out with a team saying, right, this is the team. There's 29 people that we really want to keep. Um, we lost one, she found art, which is great, and, and left to go and explore that. Um, somebody left to do a, a big role in London, somebody's got in house. And it's a shame to lose those guys, but you know, that's kind of another thing that we had to deal with at the end of it all. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Okay. So was there anything that you considered or piloted or uh, tried out during these seven months that didn't work? that you can identify and if so why it it sounds really bad we didn't try anything we didn't want to try and create something or go away from our core values or what we're good at we just thought let's really focus on relationships and that's all we did so we didn't try and productize our offering we didn't try and offer anything around I mean we've always done outplacement we've always done interview help we didn't try and monetize that we did that with a few of our clients who had let considerable pe- people go we spent a lot of time talking to them I spent a lot of time talking to people about their CVs and mm-hmm. interview techniques and, and, and again I know some of some of our competitors in the market did that and they may have continued that coming out of it it may become a, a new thing but we've got strong relationships with most of our clients and we try and find them talent and we just focused on that. And that's where we're focusing now. Right. So nothing in particular that you can point to that you that was new that you tried. No. So of all the things that you've experienced during lockdown, what do you hope will last in the business? It's almost a shame that everybody now understands that flexible working, working from home is an amazing thing. And it, it, the loyalty you get, the people perform brilliantly, they don't have to do the commute. And as long as there is trust and transparency, then it can really work. And almost everybody now realises that that is a thing. It's, I know people are talking about flexible working as the new norm. Well, we've always had it. 
So mm -hmm. I hope it stays and, and it's always been a draw for our business. I like the fact that now video interviewing is accepted more than it, it was before. Yes. I think it's, uh, you know, you can build relationships. You can have long, detailed conversations with people on a Zoom call. You can do it with multiple people. You don't lose the nuance. I mean, there's been some funny anecdotes of all the different things that have gone on, but it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's that. I think the fact that we've now got a more flexible approach to, to just doing what we're doing. Everybody has now had enough of all of this. We just want to crack on and build our careers, work and succeed in the companies that we're, we're working for and hope that they succeed so that we can all do it together. And this more open, transparent way of working, hopefully, is, is the way ahead for everybody. Okay, great. So we're recording this in your empty office yeah. <laughs> in an empty Manchester in October. And uh, today we were kind of expecting to be put into tier three lockdown measures in Manchester. We're still waiting for an announcement. So there's no way that we're through this yet. Mm -hmm. But from everything you've said, Brian, it does sound as if you have ridden that stool really well, but also got an established method of working now. I will always regret losing the guys that we let go and also left us. And that may or may not have happened if this hadn't happened, but that they, you know, we'd hired them for a reason, they were good for a reason, and they were part of our growth. And we've actually lost, unfortunately, some of the more junior people in our business. We're now quite a senior business, more top heavy, and we do need to, as soon as possible, get some young blood into the business to maintain the culture that we had before. We had quite mm -hmm. a close-knit bunch, a great office environment, and at the minute now we've got as well more experienced people all working from home. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I, I, you know, I'll always think about. We've, we've lost an opportunity with a couple of those guys, and we've just got to go out and do it again. And hopefully the, the people we've just hired, the people that are going to look to hire in the new year, will add that fresh blood and new enthusiasm and ambition to the business, which is what we need. Great. So finally then, any other plans that you could share with us for next year? Or I just think the biggest thing we need to do is take advantage of how well the guys have done this year. You know, we're in a position now where we can invest in our the vision that we've got as a business. Our strategic goals was always to expand our London offering, our tech offering and our contracts offering. And we can do that. We're pretty well established in traditional marketing, marketing and digital and and everything that hangs on to that. And the guys who are in those desks are doing really, really well. So now the big plan for us next year is to go again. And we've never done it in a in a silly way. We've always been pretty cautious and risk averse, but we can afford to to actually hire well and hopefully get people on board who are like-minded and, and want to succeed with us. Okay, lovely. So Brian, congratulations to you and your team um, on how well you've got through all of this. Uh, anyone who's listening who might be interested in talking to Brian about a career at Forward Roll, contact you via your email? Yeah, brian at forwardroll.com or forwardroll.com on the website. Okay, all right. Thank you very much for being my guest today, Brian. Yes. Um, this is Alison Humphreys of Recruitment Leadership. And if you'd like to talk about my work as an advisor and non-exec director and how I'm able to support your business, please contact me, Alison at recruitmentleadership.co.uk. Thank you. You've been listening to the Recruitment Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe, review and share so that others can find the podcast too. 
We really appreciate your support. If you have any questions about the topics covered or wish to find out more about recruitment leadership, please email alison at recruitmentleadership.co.uk referencing the podcast. We're also on LinkedIn where you can follow recruitment leadership and connect with Alison Humphreys. Thank you for listening and we hope you join us next time for another episode of the Recruitment Leadership Podcast.